You are listening to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Thank you, Jamesy. And Jason Bailey. Bump is uh, pretty good. But the reality is... They don't know, man! I've been looking forward to To The Top Talk. You know, I have that with myself every night. Every day, anything we do is Southern Miss To The Top. What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington and Jason Bailey, here with your break from the High Resource 5 propaganda in the mainstream sports media to talk about the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. I'm Jamie Arrington. With me, as always, Jason Bailey. Take it away, Jason. Greetings and salutations, my brother. How are you? You know, dude, I really, I don't know if I even want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it either. Let's just not talk about it. That's all right. Let's shut it down. All right. Yeah, good uh, show. And, and enjoy it, everybody. Everybody, uh, for uh, listening in. You guys uh, follow us uh, on Twitter at To the Top Talk. You can follow me at Jamie underscore Arrington. And uh, as always, Southern Miss to the top. Talk. Talk. All right, we're not going to do that, but <laughs> it did cross my mind <laughs> on Saturday. If you hadn't have called me and said, "Hey, man, do you want to do a show this week?" I was just gonna. You know, just let it slide. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, but we're here. We're not going to bail. Um, you know, and it really, I mean, I would do the show either way, but, you know, there's a lot going on right now. But, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a pretty brutal uh, Saturday. It kind of, it kind of, uh, you know, let us know where we are right now. I think, I think ultimately this game this past Saturday against Tulane, which was a 66 to 24 loss, which was see, the 66 points were the most points ever scored. Uh, by an opponent here in the rock. Um, I think that I don't think we're as bad as, as that score indicates. Uh, but I, you know, I think, I don't think we're as good as we thought we could have been to start the season. Sure thing. And, you know, how many twists and turns have we had in, in just a three game, uh, just three games into the season so far? But it wasn't that long ago where you and I were talking about. You know what, like seven seven wins, <laughs> assuming we play a twelve game schedule, was was kind of a disappointment. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know, but um, you know, like the text that you sent me earlier, when you kind of look look at it on paper and you see all the players that we thought we, we were going to have, and that we now do not have, you throw in a coaching change, you throw in a different philosophy, you throw in, you know, just the contagious the uh, losing that's been going on. Um, then you kind of get to where we are, but I don't know if it's, if I'm like the forever optimist or whatever, I, I just don't think that my eyeballs lie to me all the time. And I still think we have pretty good players, especially in the skill positions. And I don't know, man, it's something about getting over that first hump. I know we just got hammered. I get it. You know, 66 points, 400 and whatever yards that we gave up rushing and blah, 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 blah. I don't care. Uh, we're still, um, we still have the ability, I think, to right the ship at some point. I mean, maybe we don't. Maybe I'm just living in a dream world, but I, I really think that just you get that first win, right? You get a little bit of confidence, and uh, and that can and that can be contagious also. So we'll we'll see what happens. Well, let's get into the game first. Just just talk a little bit about what happened. I did not even really prepare a good, bad, and and need to work on simply because. Um, there was so much that we need to work on, uh, but, uh, let's, let's talk about a few things. So, so good. What do you have for good? Okay, good. The first thing I have for good, and I remember uh, mentioning this when we were sitting in the stands is number zero, right? 
uh, looked very good. That's Demarcus Jones. Um, he was uh, he, he was very serviceable out there. He seemed to be very sure-handed. Um, he's a guy that it, it seems like was a was was a a favorite target of Jack for a while. I don't know if that's because Tim wasn't there and they were focusing people over on Brownlee. Whatever it was, I want to say he ended up with 11 catches for uh, where's the stats at? 11 catches, 77 yards. For, uh, 19 was the long, but he was sure-handed, and um, and I, I had had not really paid attention to Demarcus Jones through the first two games, so it was nice to see kind of another weapon materialize for for Jack and for the offense. I thought another guy that had a really stellar game was actually the the player of the week for the team. That's wide receiver Jason Brownlee. Early in the game, he he breaks off an 88-yard um, touchdown reception. Uh, to go three receptions for 110 yards and one touchdown. So a really solid game from him. He had a couple of jump balls thrown his way. In, in addition, you know, Antoine Robinson, I thought, had a pretty solid game, you know, especially there in the first half. So, you know, if you're talking about the receivers, those are a couple of guys that had, had pretty good days given how the game turned out. Right. It's kind of weird to look back to a game where you just get smoked like we did. And you're able to point to a bunch of bright spots offensively, but you really can. Um, yeah, you know, every time I think about um, every time I think about Brownlee, you know, I immediately think about Quez Watkins. He's got the same look. He's got that breakaway speed. He got, he's got that high point ability. Um, he he looks to me like he's probably going to fit into that next uh, the, the next uh, Golden Eagle to be uh, either drafted or end up in the NFL. Uh, in some way and and go as far as he can go but yeah i mean those two guys and and don't forget about um don't forget about this is on the on the rushing side even though i think he had a reception but d baker how good did d baker look we we, i think he had been a little banged up or at least that second game was a little banged up but um he, he looks bigger to me he we were running him between the tackles for god's sake you know i never thought that he would ever be that guy i thought he would always be the scat back the check down uh, type of back and um he's running straight through the middle of the line um for for crazy gains so he was also a bright spot for me it almost felt like a tale of two games i mean we're talking right now in in the first quarter you know and really part of the second i guess it uh well, really up until a, a few minutes left in the second quarter it, it felt like a totally different game from the end of the second quarter through the second half you know, so we're talking about these guys showing out here. This was all early in the game. I mean, there was a period of time where we were up 14 to nothing. We kicked the ball off. Tyler Barnes punches out the uh, the ball on the kickoff return, and we recover it. Mm-hmm. And then there was a interception on a uh, screen play, which is what killed our momentum last week. And and in on the coaches show this week, Scotty Walden said that there were two missed assignments on that play that, that you know led to that. But um, we also had one touchdown after that, a, a touchdown pass to uh, Narcus Driver, which was uh, I mean right at where we were sitting, so it was mm-hmm. it was really cool. That was a 61 yard reception, um, which really a great play. Good to see him get involved. But we're almost talking like two different. So when we say good, all of this is happening. Up until about, I don't know, 10 minutes left in the second quarter. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know. Um, Which, so, by the way, might have been the longest quarter in the history of college football. <laughs> it took a while. <laughs> that first half, I'm not sure. I don't I don't know for certain, but I want to say the first half was over two hours long. Give me another good on the game. 
another good on the game. Well, you mentioned the start uh, right there, you know, as, as far as like up until almost halftime. But if you told me before the game we would have 320 yards of offense and 21 points in the first half, sign me up, right? I mean, that's yeah. almost – if you said we have 320 yards, I don't know, passing and 21 points for the entire game, I might take it. But, yeah, I mean, those that yardage and those points. And the cool plays, you mentioned that play to driver. Um, did he come out of the fullback spot or the tight end spot on that play? I feel like he was kind of an H-back. Yeah. I, and, and, you know, if, if you watch the diagram, it's one of those cool just uh, – you want to call them – you want to call it an exotic play call or whatever, just the neat stuff that we kind of haven't seen for a little while now um, where he just – you know, there's receivers going everywhere. Like uh, it looks like the, like the Atari symbol or something. And then Driver just comes out right in the middle and it's – it's, it may be a little bit of smoke and mirrors, but you know it's a crazy, cool-looking play, and then he just rumbles. I wouldn't have wanted to be the guy to try to tackle him, by the way, uh, yeah. as big as he is and fast as he was going. But um, but yeah, you know, other other than the start, um, the the last the last good that I had was that I saw I saw Coach Bauer before the game. I hated that oh, Coach yeah. Bauer had to sit through the second half of that thing. But um, we're walking up to our entrance right there in the south end zone, and uh, and he was walking right past, and I was like, "That's Jeff freaking Bauer." <laughs> so I went up to him, called him coach, he gave me a little knuckle bump. So um, that was cool. Everything was so great. You know, I woke up that morning, felt awesome. Got a little run in, got a little workout in. Um, uh, you know, Marchant Kenny. Stopped by the crib with his son Max for a little bit. That was awesome. Um, we got our social distance on in my backyard, and uh, and then I get to the game. We're 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 going up to the up to the the entrance there, and I see Coach Bauer. Then we start off on fire. We're up fourteen to nothing, and you know then everything else happened. But um, but for a good portion of that game, I felt just fantastic about how everything was going, and then it turned. <laughs> like you know, like the Titanic going down, and uh, it went it went awry in a hurry. Another good from the game I thought was the uniforms. We brought out the black jerseys with gold numbers and the gold pants that matched, and then the same helmet that you know probably the main helmet that we we've worn for the past eighteen seventeen eighteen years. So I thought it looked really sharp. It looked. I mean, we haven't worn that color combination in a long time. Looks fantastic. Um, I'd like to see a little bit more of it. Um, and I would also like to like to see, you know, that that straight up uh, that that Southern Miss decal on the helmet a little bit more often, also. But at this point, man, I don't really care. I, you know, I don't, I don't care what we wear. It looked great, but you know, nothing looks that good when you get hammered like that. <laughs> So whatever you wear uh, looks a whole lot better if you come out on the on the winning side. So that's I'll, that's what I'm looking forward to. I'll start off on the bad. Um, I thought the bad was we. I thought that you know we got our ass whooped, but we got our ass whooped by a lot of Mississippi kids that we either overlooked or didn't press hard enough on, and you know. I'll throw Keon's name in there because Keon came out and started the game. Um, and I was, this is why I was feeling good because Keon went over two passing. <laughs> the two throws he made were not anywhere close to the mark. So I was like, okay, this is what we expected. Then they put in that freshman quarterback, Pratt, who I won't say he went off, 
but he had a he had a much better game passing than what they've had. I mean, they went nine for twenty one on the game passing for one hundred forty two yards and two touchdowns, which isn't great, but I think it's better than what they have been doing. You got guys like uh, Carroll and Hutterson from Mississippi. Hutterson right down the road in pedal. He goes 10 for 105, uh, one touchdown. Carroll from up at Northwest Rankin, he was in the backfield with D. Baker. He goes uh, 15 for 163 and three touchdowns. Um, then you had the two Watts kids from Pedal. I mean, you had a lot of guys that were either in our backyard or in our footprint that uh, we didn't close on. or And some of them I'm not even sure that we showed much interest in. Yeah, there's been a lot of chatter about that on the uh, on the pay boards and, and whatnot. And you're right. Um, and and I, I, I guess if I'm them, I'm feeling pretty good about myself right now, feeling pretty good about the decision that I made. I don't know if they tried to take it out on Southern Miss or if they really wanted to go to Southern Miss or if, like you said, I mean, if, if they just, I don't know. Like a lot of these kids don't know the um, tradition that we have. They don't remember the TCU game. They don't remember all that stuff. They, um, If you ever choose Tulane over Southern Miss – in our eyes, right? People that have been around a while, you're like, what the hell are you thinking? Right? Um, but these guys, I don't know. I mean, maybe they see the new field. They see, I don't know. I, I get that they, they see the, the, the vision that, that, that Will Hall has or whatever. But, um, it's, I don't know. It's, it's a little deflating for me, but I, I guess I'm happy for those guys being from around here. They did so good. Um, and maybe it's a lesson learned on Southern Mississippi. So what's uh, what you got for bad? The first thing I have for bad is the targeting call, right? The bogus. Let me call it the bogus targeting call. Um, there was, to my knowledge, there wasn't even a flag on the play. And um, at that point, was was it fourteen to nothing at that point? Yes, it was. So fourteen to nothing. That's a, a third down play. It was going to be fourth and seventeen or eighteen, something like that. They would have punted. The way our offense was cooking at the time, you have to think. Worst case scenario, we're up 17 to nothing right there, probably 21 to nothing, and probably pretty quickly. And, um, and, you know, I, I, I know we got smoked. I know we gave up a bunch of points and all the rushing yards and all that. But at that point, if you're 21 to nothing, um, I would have to think that the game, uh, probably goes a little bit differently, at least for a little while, right? Um, and not to mention that one of our best players is ejected from the game, um, but but th- that's that's what I had for my first bad. Yes, yeah, and I could be wrong with that. It could have been fourteen to seven. I it was it was in that you know I can't remember exactly when that was. I'm trying to place it, but they were if if they hadn't called that, they were punting, and I believe they instead of punting, they went down and scored. So right. um, and it definitely and it, and then it took him out the rest of the game. So we, you know, we had to move some people around on defense and we could not tackle in the second half, you know, and I'm not saying that one player makes the whole game, but it sure would have been nice to have him out there. And I'm not sure we have him in the first quarter this week. I don't know how that works, but, um, yeah. Did you have any other bad? Well, we mentioned in the good that the start was so good. Well, in the bad, I had the finish because <laughs> yeah. as good as it was uh, at the beginning, it was equally or probably more so bad uh in the end so um it was uh you know t- to me honestly it, it looked like a little bit of quit out there i don't want to say a whole lot of quit 
because you know I I, I love our players and I you know I, I don't want them to think that they're a bunch of quitters. But to to, to a man, um, I, I I would like to. I, I don't think it's it's far fetched to think that they didn't give their absolute effort towards the end. And and that's just something that Southern Miss teams don't do. Uh, if anything, we win because of effort. And to to be a little bit undermanned, um, you know, maybe a little bit outcoached at this point, and you throw in a lack of effort, and you get you know 430 yards rushing given up. Absolutely. And you know, and I'm sure this kind of goes into what we need to work on. But if you listened to the show last week, we mentioned it, and if you listened to the coaches' show last week. Scotty talked about it. Uh, you know, the key to this game was stopping the run and running the ball. We ran the ball for a net of 70 yards. They run the ball for a net of 414 yards. Mm. So, you know, there's your story right there. And we, we couldn't stop them in the second half. And, and I don't know whether it was, you know, we either we weren't capable or the quit. I mean, it sure, it felt like as the wind got further out of our sails, the, the, it, it did seem more and more like, it didn't seem like the effort was there. And then on, on the offense, once that started happening, we had to pass the ball. They, I mean, their defensive ends are so good. They were just teeing off. They knew we weren't going to run it. They were just rushing the passer and we couldn't get anything going. But, but let's talk about this while we mention that. So we talk about, you know, kind of the situation we're in right now. And I was thinking about the depth out there. And mm-hmm. if you look at the two deep, I'm not naming names or anything, but we have a lot of first year players on the defense in that two deep. We have a lot of walk-ons that are in that two deep right now. And if you look at some of the players that opted out or left, I mean, Jacquez Turner opts out. There, That's a starter on the defensive line that's that's gone. Uh, you have Garrett Crawford and Junior Carswell. Those guys were depth. I don't know where they would have factored in on the depth chart, but they're there. Rakeem Booth, if he, and, and if, if Rakeem was healthy, he would be starting. Um, but, but he's gone. Um, then you... Take Shannon Showers is who who is no longer with the team. Rashawn Mitchell, who's no longer with t- with the team. Both of those guys were starters at d- certain times uh, during the year last year. You take away the seniors that leave, um, and then and that's you know the the last three quarters of the game, you you take out uh, Santrell Latham. So I mean you've got a lot of depth. Then you talk about the offensive side of the ball. You had a uh, running back in Steven Anderson opt out. You had uh, uh Jalon Adams opt out, one of the speedy receivers from last year. Quez Watkins declared for the NFL draft early. I don't blame him. He obviously made the right move, but that's another guy that had some eligibility left that was gone. And then after this game, Marquise McCoy, who's a wide receiver, he's entering the transfer portal now. Um so it's 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 I don't know what to expect. I don't know what it's fair to expect from this team, given the circumstances with the players that aren't there, uh, given the issues we have with depth, and uh, you know, given that these guys came here to play for a certain coach who is no longer with the team. Um, I think at this point, you just kind of hope for the best of the rest of the year, and it's probably going to get sorted out as soon as the season ends. Yeah, and, and you know <laughs> – I don't know if you if you mentioned him or not. I think we did earlier, but you know, also not having Tim Jones, uh, Tim Jones for this game, um, absolutely. You know, like all those other guys. I mean, that's God. All the guys that you just named right there, <laughs> that's that's what like seven starters or something like that. Uh, I mean, including the guys this year that are hurt. Um, that's that's a whole lot of talent on an already thin lineup. And um, I want to say 
that we are down to 66 scholarship players now. Kind of, you know, kind of all the uh, all the work that we thought we had kind of done for the good these past four years. Um, you know, we're kind of right back down to that number. The good thing is, I guess, you know, they can all come back next year, so maybe you can have that 25 and get it. Maybe it's it's it's, it's kind of a warp zone to get to where we were <clears throat> four years after we hired Hop. But you know, when you're talking about that, it may be, uh, about the guys kind of. You know, maybe not giving the effort or whatever. Um, I started thinking about that and I was like, you know, I'm trying to put myself in their shoes. I mean, there's so many issues going on right now. Um, with not only with our team, but in everywhere in the world. Um, these players are getting pulled in a bunch of different directions. No matter what side of the fence you're on, you got to admit that, right? People are getting pulled in a bunch of different directions. They got a new coach. They have new coordinators. The head coach is gone. The guy that you signed up to play for, he quit. Um, so, you know, some of their teammates have opted out. Basically, they quit. They're surrounded by quit. You got a crazy man going off on Twitter, Paul, you know, Paul Ganella going off, having a meltdown on social media every time he turn around. <laughs> I mean, this is a lot of stuff that's going through the 18, 19, 20-year-old guy's head. And every time something goes uh, a little bit wrong, that person quits. So in the second half when we're getting hammered, it looks like we laid down a little bit. I know we have depth issues. I know they're super duper tired. I get it. But I mean, every time they turn around, somebody's quitting. So do you really blame them at that point to not give the maximum effort? I call it quit. Whatever you want to call it, we didn't do it. So um, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and and I think I think even more. And I don't fault. You know, the wind just got they got it got taken out of the sails. There was obviously nothing that we were capable of doing to turn it around. Um, it's disappointing, but at the same time, I want to see how they respond here because you still have nine games left on the schedule. You've got, you know, there isn't a game there that isn't winnable. It seems a lot less winnable now than it was before the season started. But, and there's a game on there. There's, I don't think there's a game on there that we don't have the possibility of losing. Uh, I don't know much about North Alabama. I would hope that's going to be a gimme, but at this point, I don't know. Uh, so you've got a lot to play for. You've, you've had one loss in conference. So the, the goal of making it to the conference championship, although it doesn't seem likely given how we performed the first three games, it's still on the table. And we have some players that are capable. And, and I've seen some things on social media from some of these players, namely Frank Gore Jr. that's encouraging. You see some character from these guys. They don't mm-hmm. want to disappoint, you know. So I, I think we still have a, a lot of good kids there. I think we have some guys that want to play football. And I think we have some guys that want to win and are going to try to make it happen. So it, it starts this week against uh, North Texas. Sure does. I mean, I guess we're for sure playing this game. I know. I know it was at least in question a few days ago. As of right now, we're playing. You know, they I believe their game was canceled last week uh, due to some COVID issues that they had. So, uh, knock on wood, we haven't had those issues as far as it comes goes with, with canceling games. I know we had some issues during the summer, uh, during August, with some of our linemen, um, among others. But it, uh, yeah, it, it it as of right now, we're scheduled to play this game on Saturday. So we'll see what happens. I don't know anything about North Texas. I haven't done any research <laughs> because honestly, I mean, you know, it, it, it's, uh, I, I usually like to at least look up the stats and say like, which guys, you know, their main defensive guy, which guys are main, their main offensive guy and all that. But it, it, dude, it really doesn't matter. You probably got all those stats right there, but 
if if we play like we did in the second half, we're going to lose. If we play with the maximum effort that we can give, like versus Louisiana Tech, or you know in the first half of the last game, we got a shot. Um, and I don't I don't know what the what's the spread to this game. Yeah, I believe it was. Let me see. It was one and a half uh, yesterday at one time. I believe it is um, one and a half still. One and a half. That's amazing. What's the over under? Uh, I'm not sure just by looking at this, but because um, I want it, you to I, give the world your gambling advice for all of our uh, all of our. You, I, Gulf I Coast will give friends. you my gambling advice. Do not touch this game. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you loud and clear. 100, 100 on Southern Miss. Before we move on to talk about that game, there's something else I wanted to touch on because um, of well, two things from this past week, past weekend. Uh, and I know we said we weren't going to talk about potential coaches until the end of the season, but we're going to talk about potential coaches today. I, I would, it would probably take a miracle at this point for Scotty to hang on to the head coaching job. I would love for him to be successful enough to snag it. We love the guy. I mm-hmm. don't want, you know, I hope he sticks or is able to stick around. I hope he's able to, to turn this program around. But in the event that it doesn't go as well that it would, you know, that it would take for that to happen, let's talk about a pair of coaches. Um, the first one, I felt like it seemed like he was possibly making a statement this past Saturday, and that is Tulane offensive coordinator Will Hall. Will Hall is a guy that was, you know, one of the first names that was kind of rumored as being, Probably one of the favorites for this job. He's a Mississippi guy, um, you know, born in Amory. His father was a coach around the state. He played his college ball at Northwest Mississippi Community College before going on to the University of North Alabama and then uh, played for the Tupelo Fire Ants, whatever that is. And then uh, <laughs> then he coached. Uh, it says here, it looks like he was a coach at, uh, is that PC? it says Presbyterian. Is that PCA? No, I don't know what that is. Presbyterian College, um, but he worked his way up, got to be an offensive coordinator at West Alabama before he was their head coach in 2011 to 2013. And I think they had a pretty good run back then. West Georgia, I believe he was successful there. Then at Louisiana in, in 2017 as offensive coordinator before going to Memphis as an associate head coach and uh, tight ends coach. And then he's been at Tulane. He's been the offensive coordinator at Tulane the past two years. So he is a guy that I believe did a lot, has done a lot of recruiting in this area. Uh, he's got a lot of Mississippi ties and, and my goodness, if you're going to hang up 66 points and there were some things that I, that I saw that looked pretty sharp. There were some of the plays they did. Uh, but for the most part, I mean, they just ran it right down our throat and there wasn't a damn thing we could do about it, but it felt like this guy was making a statement. So he's, he is a guy that you definitely, uh, have to watch out for when it gets to the end of the season as being somebody who could be in the mix for this head coaching job at Southern Miss. Yeah, definitely worked his way up through the ranks and definitely has the stats um, that I would throw right on a uh, PowerPoint presentation if I came into uh, an interview with Southern Miss right now. That being said, um, you know, I thought we had cooler looking plays for the most. I mean, just, you know, these weird looking things, uh, these weird looks and these um, just players going in all different directions. And but if you're him, you know. You didn't, you didn't have to reinvent the wheel last you game. To, you uh, didn't have to show your hand. You didn't. Now, now, that being said, I will say a lot for his recruiting. You know, you talked about Absolutely. all the Mississippi guys right around here. If anything, I take from that game, um, I, I, I look to, uh, you know, I, I didn't get a good look at his entire offense because he didn't have to use it. 
All you had to do was just hand it off, and you or I could have ran through those holes. I don't think we would have scored <laughs> like those guys did, but I think we would have gotten yardage, um, especially there in the second half. It just wasn't even anyway. But but it's but on the recruiting side, it's hard to argue with that. Um, not that our guy has really had his chance to go out and get his kind of players yet, but um, you know you couldn't really ask for any more out of an offense than what they did. So. Yeah, he definitely came out and made a statement. Now, is this the same guy? His dad was the guy at Biloxi, right? Oh, yeah, Bobby Hall. And he hates Southern Miss. He, he just ran his mouth, man. He, he, hates, he, was a, he literally hates Southern Miss. He's a super-duper SEC guy. I don't get the impression that Will is the same. I know he's probably close with his dad, and I don't know. I don't know either one of them. But my understanding is the guy really wants his job. So we'll let Jeremy sort it out in December. Well, hey, if he's the right guy, um, you know, bring it on. I don't care, man. I don't care anymore. I know, <laughs> and, and, and I, I just don't. I'm tired of looking like dog shit out there. So, like, just when you, you know, I just, I'm tired of it. We, we, we need, we got to make the right choice. We, we, and this, you know, you, you can't afford to swing and miss on this one. So you got to be, you know, you got to be damn sure you're making the right choice. And we've talked about it before, but I, I believe fully in McLean to uh, make the right decision. And, and I'm sure glad that he's doing it and, and not me. Uh, I'll give you another name too, and I don't know if this is one that Jeremy is considering given the circumstances, but definitely intriguing. And and I wanted to bring this up because it was a hilarious incident for me last week. Uh, I got a big kick out of this. So somebody, I saw a tweet on Twitter that said, with Deion Sanders, Mike Leach, and Lane Kiffin at Mississippi schools, all that's needed to complete the cipher is Hugh Freeze at Southern Miss. I quoted that and tweeted the following tweet. Hiring Hugh Freeze is like hiring a Tampa escort. Sure, it'll be fun, but you'll feel icky when it's over. I wake up early, check my phone. I had a DM from head coach of Liberty University, Hugh Freeze. Hmm. <laughs> and all it said was, good luck to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. And this is the thing about this whole situation. So I'm not the only one. I'm not the only one that uh, that he has DM'd. He's DM'd several, not just fans, but Southern Miss people. There was another one. This is from Kelly Donahoe, who's a photographer. This is this was actually on uh, November. No, excuse me, September the seventh. Uh, she tweeted. Also, if you freeze ends up there, I'm done. I'm pulling my alumni card. He DMs her. And says, really sorry you feel that way. Wish we knew each other. Blessings. Hmm. So he is searching out his name on Twitter and then DMing Southern Miss fans with, uh, you know, I don't know if he doesn't have anything better to do. I don't know if he, but this is what it feels like to me, okay? This is a guy who is a Southern Miss grad. He is a Mississippi guy. He's got all, you know, all the retirement built up in Mississippi. He is at Liberty, where there are a lot of restrictions on what students are allowed to, to do and not to do. She's making great money up there, but he's made great money in the past. It feels like he's kind of, and the first name that comes out when this job came out, uh, what's his name? Paul Feinbaum starts popping off. I think that Hugh Freeze would be a great fit at Southern Miss. You think Hugh just, you think that, uh, Feinbaum just thought that up on his own? Or do you think that he was fed that information from somebody that they might be interested in coming here? 
I think he may be interested in coming back to Southern Miss. I think he's maybe interested in coming back down south. He's going to have to take a pay cut. We're going to have to make a pay increase if this were to happen. But it definitely feels the way that he responded to Southern Miss fans, not any no nowhere else. Uh, the way that he responded to Southern Miss fans, and I know that in one of his contracts, I don't remember which one it was. I am not a contract expert, but I recall there being a clause that he could leave and come to Southern Miss. I feel like it was the Ole Miss contract. I don't think he would have left there and come to us without any kind of circumstances, but it feels like there was, I remember there being something there where he would not have to buy out or something. I don't know what the case is with Liberty. I don't know what his buyout is. I don't know if Jeremy's even interested giving his past, but we're talking about, we're not talking about a past like Art Bryles. So it could be a little more possible. We are talking a little bit of a Donnie Tyndall, but, uh, you know, if nonetheless, and a little bit of a, and a little bit of a, of a uh, Larry Eustachy. <laughs> yeah, a little bit I mean, of a Larry Eustachy. Yeah. Know. So I, I, you know, I, I don't know, but I was thoroughly amused that I got woke up to a DM from him because I, I was just hilarious to me that I didn't tag him, I didn't follow him, I just made that tweet, and then you just get this random DM from this guy. <laughs> well, that just goes right along with 2020, I guess. It, it is interesting that that's happening. I don't know if it's him, if it's like somebody running his account or what it is, but um, it sure looks like him, right? And um, I don't know. God, I don't know what bothers me worse. I, I think, I think the fact that he worked at Ole Miss bothers me worse than the Ashley Madison stuff or whatever it was and all that. Um, I don't know. I mean, what do you? Th- I mean, I I do know the guy can coach. I don't know if it was on this podcast or if it was on another one, but I, I remember mentioning, you know, that if you just if you stripped if you just looked at it on paper, like this is this coach's resume, this is this coach's resume, this is this coach's resume. You started looking at them all. Well, his would be pretty, you know, pretty high on the list, right? Maybe at the top of the list. So, if you're uh, you're gonna make a splash, I mean, I I think he's probably the best to do it. Now, what bothered me about him was not—I wasn't bothered so much about Ole Miss. I talked to one of my Rebel friends, and they're like, "That's the most fun that I've ever had during my tenure as a Rebel fan." Was his time there? And, uh, you know, he obviously had some sanctions and stuff like that. Uh, we just got rid of Paul Ganella. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, you know, but what bothered me was kind of the hypocrisy of just thumping his chest as this big Christian man and then doing these things behind the scenes. I didn't really, it didn't bother me that he did them because I know that there were people that do that. I don't, I'm not condoning that. Uh, but, the fact that you'd come out and say all these things and, and really talk yourself up as a man of God and then be doing this all these other things, that's where I feel icky about it. Yeah. More and, than anything. Well, and, and you know, also, if we're looking for, let me think about it this way. If you're looking for a guy that's squeaky clean, that's got a hell of an offense, that can recruit his ass off, that knows the defensive side of the ball, that's going to win, like, I don't know, nine to 12 games per year you can pencil them in for a decade well i like to call that a unicorn right yeah yeah so i get that part too um it's almost i mean being at Ole miss for me it's um it's kind of like 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 a relationship gone bad or something and now you know you're kind of like just having to go back and just beg for forgiveness and just please save my ass right i don't know it's just it and, feels, and there were it feels weird. And, and, and if he did, great. If he did, 
wonderful. I think that would be a I think that would be a hard sell for a lot of Southern Miss fans. But I think as soon as you go four and zero and get a signature victory, all those guys are right back. So I don't know. Winning, yeah, I agree. I don't I don't really know how it'll play out. And we got we got nine games of football before we even get there. I just thought it was interesting to bring up, given yeah. what happened, and you know. With with Will Hall being there this weekend, those are the two guys that we're going to play. Who there's half rumored interest in this head coaching position. So That's I right. thought it was worth bringing up uh, in that regard. Totally now, forgot that we uh, have Liberty on the schedule this year, but we 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 do in fact have Liberty on the schedule. Unfortunately, I mean they paid us a pretty penny, but I, this is the year I don't I, I wish we didn't have them on the schedule. <laughs> given yes. how everything's going. Uh, before we move on and talk about the North Texas game. I want to toss this uh, little piece of information out there. Southern Miss is doing a virtual football season ticket sellout campaign. You can find more information about that on southernmiss.com. Basically, it's a way to donate, and there's certain prizes and um, memorabilia that you'll get for achieving different levels with that. But if you want to check out that information, you know they're they're trying to recoup some of this money that we're not getting with the limited capacity we have at the Rock. So. You know, if if you are so inclined, great, great. It's a great idea. I hope it flies for them. Hope they can generate some revenue off of this. Check it out at southernmiss.com. Oh, Lucy's yapping. (laughs) All right, let's talk about the game coming up this weekend. Southern Miss, 0-3 on the year, traveling to North Texas, who is 1-1 on the year, uh, Apogee Stadium. In Denton, Texas, that's going to be this Saturday, October the 3rd, 2020, at 6.30 p.m. This game is scheduled to be on Stadium. What exactly that means, I'm not sure. I don't know if it's going to be on the Stadium <laughs> channel. I don't know if it's going to be on the Fox Sports channels. But uh, you will have check out the, the website, look around. You know, you have to listen on the radio, whatever you have to do. Uh, it's it's on TV somewhere with through Stadium. So I <laughs> wish I had more information for you on that. Um, AJ Hawk is the uh, analyst again. I believe he was doing our game too. The former linebacker for the Green Bay Packers huh. and the uh, Ohio State Buckeyes. So we're taking on North Texas. This is the second we beat them last year. It's a chance to beat them again this year. All time. What's the all time record? We're tied seven to seven. Oh no, we're tied with North Texas. We got to win this game. <laughs> The rubber game. The rubber game. And as so, so in, in North Texas has not played a game yet, right? No, they're one and one. They missed mm. their they missed their game last week. Okay, that's right. Missed the game last week, but before that they were uh, they were one and one. Let's see what they let's see who they had on their schedule. Oh, I got you. Yeah, they beat uh, they beat North they beat HBU Houston Baptist. Okay, 57 to 31. So they scored 57 there. The next week they scored 35 against SMU. So they gave up a bunch, but they scored a bunch. So they're averaging what, like 40 points a game? Yes, they are averaging. This is the thing. So we're averaging 25 points per game, which is not great. We got to do better at that. They're averaging 46 points per game. Hmm. We're allowing 43 points per game. They're allowing 48 points per game. Total yards, they have – now, you have to remember, too, one of their two games is against Houston Baptist, which they likely lit up. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, like I said, they scored, they only scored 35 points against SMU, but they scored 57 against Houston Baptist. So that's kind of why I think you have, you know, it's hard to really gauge what they are because of that. But, uh, they, their total yards per game, 619. 333 yards passing, 286 rushing, which is, that's a pretty solid balance. That's what you want. I you know, given the skewed numbers thus far in the season. Ours, 290, uh, excuse me, 390.3 yards per game, 292 yards through the air, and 98 yards rushing. Would love to get that average above 100. That would be terrific. Uh, yards allowed per game, we are allowing 493. They are giving up 639. So we're both in the, the you know, giving up more yards than we're actually uh, taking. <laughs> uh, passing yards allowed, they've given up 412 yards through the air and 227 yards per game on the ground. We've given up 241 through the air and 252 on the ground. So this has the potential to be a shootout. Yes, it does. And I wish I knew what the over-under was. 72. Holy Moses! It is seventy-two. Seventy-two. Do you get down with that, or you just go? You, do you just go under because just what are the odds? That's gonna be. I mean, but I mean, if you're gonna bet anything, you know, it's it's always fun to bet on the over. Not that I go out and bet a lot. I'm not betting. It guy. is always fun to bet on the over. But just, the over, you're just like score. You know, everybody score. Well, we're giving up. We're giving up forty-three points per game. They're giving up forty-eight. That's what ninety-one. We're, we're averaging giving up 91 yards, uh, points per game between the two of us and over under 72. <laughs> if it was at like 35 at halftime, which is about halfway to the over under, would you just be feeling fantastic about it knowing what we do in the second half? <laughs> not this week. Again, right. I would not touch this game. <laughs> but you're looking at – so their predicted final score would be like – if they're one-and-a-half-point favorites, you're looking at like 37 to 35. Or, you know, hmm. 37 to 35-and-a-half if you want to get rid right. of technical. So so who do they have on their team that's uh, that's doing well this year? Who's the, who's the best uh, – who's the best uh, – who's their quarterback? I mean, Mason Fine's gone. That guy was just an absolute – Baller. He was, it seems like he was there for a decade. Mason Fine can flat out play. Sure glad that he's gone. I don't. Um, I don't know. We you, beat him last year, but I don't know um, how you pronounce this. Austin Own. It's A U N E Own. I got a speech impediment trying to pronounce this guy's name. I well, you know what? I kind of hope the game is not on TV so that I can listen to John. Austin Austin Own, everybody. I don't know why he turns into Harry Carey for me. Oh, my Lord. Austin <laughs> Oon back to pass. Double out left, everybody. Hey, Austin Oon. Up under center. Up under center. Now he's in the shotgun. <laughs> everybody oh, looks. Hey, double A, Austin Oon. <laughs> uh, uh, Austin Oon's had a pretty solid year so far. Uh, 19 of 36 passing. 387 yards, three TDs. So, you know, he is the passing leader. Given their yards passing total, uh, it sounds like they may have had somebody else. They would have had somebody else throwing passes, so they may have somebody else in there as well. 19 completions for 386 yards? 19 completions for 19 of 36. 
Uh-huh. So that's, you know, for 387 yards. Yeah. Good gosh. That's 20 yards to throw. But that's a solid game, but that's, that's not a solid <laughs> still, two. That's not a solid two games. That's a solid game. But still like 19 completions for, you know, damn near 400 yards. That's, that's, a, I mean, that means you're making some super duper long completions. Well, you know, and to be fair, I don't know who, when, when he played. I, he could have done that all in one game. I don't know. Mm-hmm. We I've, right. we haven't done any homework on these guys. No. <laughs> Didn't know we were doing a show until like about an hour ago. <laughs> They've got a running back named Attaway. Uh, so owned Attaway. <laughs> 25 uh, carries, 222 yards, and two TDs. And then uh, their receiver, and, and I remember this guy, uh, Jalen Darden, a pretty solid receiver. Right. Uh, 10 receptions on the year. For 137 yards and five TDs. Jeez. So, and and like I said, right now, they're one and a half point favorites. That kind of is interesting to me because I think that if, you know, we can, if we, if we bounce back, which we're, I think we're capable of, this could be, a, I mean, this, this is our shot. I mean, this is, we, we need something good to happen. By God. Yeah, and, and I'm telling you, man, once you get that first win, once you get kind of the monkey off your back, once you break the Hobson curse or whatever you you know whatever it is, uh, it's just it goes a long way, man. It goes a long way with with the guys in the locker room, and it goes a long way with you know morons on Twitter that love Southern Miss supposedly, and and uh, you know you get that you get that first one, then you know it's it's like it's like making birdies on a golf course sometimes, you know you. Just, once you get that first one to go down, the hole just seems a lot bigger. So we got to have it at some point, you know. I don't think anybody thinks we're going to go over again. Nobody. I mean, I, I don't. I don't feel like this is an LS year. Um, you know, I I uh, I did think we were going to show a little bit more progress from the second week to the third week, and that didn't happen. So at this point, I don't know, man. I still think we got good players though, and hopefully this is the week. If it, it, you know. We didn't know they were going to pull Keon in the second series of the game. <laughs> we, we didn't know that that was going to happen. Oh, but, right. So 6.30 this Saturday night on stadium, check stadium, check your Fox Sports channels. It's going to be on one or the other. Uh, let's talk about the NFL real quick before we head out. So Jimmy Garoppolo was out this past week. Nick Mullins got the start for the 49ers. And Jimmy Garoppolo actually was out again in a practice today, so Nick could get a start again this weekend. Nick Mullins led the 49ers to a 36-9 victory over the New York Giants. Mullins went 25 for 36 for 343 yards and one touchdown. So, Nicky football had a very solid day. BDN, uh, I guess we're a family show. <laughs> <laughs> we might have crossed that line at this point, but yes. BDN. Fun stat. So this is uh, on Twitter. Most passing yards for a QB in his first nine NFL starts since 1950. Number one, Patrick Mahomes with 2,810 yards. Number two, Andrew Luck for 2,631 yards. And number three, Nick Mullins for 2,620 yards. So in in their first nine games, two people have had more passing yards in their non-game career to start the career uh, than Nick Mullins. You think about all the quarterbacks that he, Nick Mullins is, and I know they didn't always start right out of the gate, but for, for, for your first nine starts, that is an elite company. And he hadn't even had a, a, a complete football team yet. 
every time he gets in there, it's you know like, like when when he got the uh, this what seven starts or whatever it was, um, you know like most of the guys were out right. He didn't have that Super Bowl team surrounding uh, him, and then this year you know he he finally gets the nod and even though he showed out, <clears throat> you know Mostert's out. Uh, who else is out? Kittle's out. Kittle's been out. Jordan, um, Jordan Reed hurt his ankle. Kittle's back up. Right. I mean, and, and not to mention the the defense. I mean, Bosa's out. I mean, yeah, their defense is uh, really banged up. So, so he's he's done all this, and and, and and you know he put up those stats too in a, in a W. A lot of times you can go you can go crazy stat wise like Matt Stafford or somebody. At the end of the year, he's got great stats, but they don't win any games because they're always behind. He's throwing a whole bunch. That wasn't even the case for Nick. Nick is kind of the reason they won that game, or at least one of the reasons. Um, so that's, it's cool, man. He, he is, he is making a case for himself right now. And I really have to wonder if there's not like a $30 million gap between what Nick makes and what Garoppolo makes, if Nick's not starting right now anyway. Yeah, it's interesting to ponder. One more stat as far as the NFL history goes. This is from NFL on CBS. So there's one thing he has over Andrew Luck in those nine starts. Only two quarterbacks in NFL history have thrown for 2,600 passing yards and 14 touchdowns in their first nine career starts. Patrick Mahomes and Nick Mullins. So wow. That's uh, that's wild. I don't even know. That's pretty good company right there. That's excellent company. Also in NFL news from this past week, Picasso Nelson, I know we uh, announced that he had signed to the Tennessee Titans practice squad. He was released from the Tennessee Titans practice squad, so hopefully there's a lot of injuries going around, so hopefully Picasso – can, can land on on another team before all is said and done. And this week, the Philadelphia Eagles activated a 21-day practice window for Quez Watkins. He had been on the injured reserve, so Quez now back at practice. Not sure exactly when he'll be cleared to play, but he's, he's definitely out practicing with the Eagles now, so that's great news. Hopefully, we can see Quez make his NFL debut, and hopefully, when he makes that debut, they'll find somebody to block for Wentz so he can get the ball. And aren't they playing the 49ers this week i believe you are i believe you are correct and i think it's a let's see sunday night football so nick mullins could be getting the start on sunday night football this week sweet good deal and quez on the other side and quez on the other you know on the other sidelines i don't know if he's going to get to play this quick but he plays for them so that's interesting Mm -hmm. in of itself and they play together for one season, I believe, um, if I'm not mistaken. But that game is going to be on NBC Sunday night at 7:20. NBC, you know what channel that is? The game the night before. Figure it out. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I think we I think we jibber jabbered enough. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, you can follow us at to the top talk. Me at Jamie underscore Arrington and Jason at Bumper J Bailey on Instagram and Facebook. As well, Jason, do you have any final thoughts before we get out of here? A couple shout-outs real quick. Uh, I mentioned them already, but Marshant Kenny and his son Max. Um, really cool to see those guys. Uh, really sad that we, you know, had to put forth that kind of effort in front of one of Sutter Miss's all-time greats. But you know, it is what it is. And also shout-out to Zach Pace. He got the uh, closest to the score for the La Tech game, so he has a koozie coming his way. I hit him up, and uh, they were gonna. Uh, we're going to meet up before long and get that koozie to him. So 
Good to see uh, both those guys. Yeah, good. Cool to see Marchant uh, and, and Max sat with us socially distanced, of course. Uh, Max got all hopped up on the Mountain Dew, and he was having a great time. Um, <laughs> good to see my brother Dusty and my nephew Parker were back. Yes. Down and sat with us as well. Uh, Kirk and Diane. I mean, it's just good. To see, it's, it's, it's really good to see everybody. I mean, it wasn't the outcome we wanted, but it was a great day at the Rock. The team looked good in those unis. Um, I just – you just – we got nothing to lose now. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Oh, and hey, it's uh, it's also today is National Podcast Day. Probably should have mentioned this beforehand, but today is I didn't even know there was such a day. I didn't. But either. Today is National Podcast Day, so um, so that's cool. There's only like two days of the year that I ever affect me, and that's like National Mascot Day, and I guess National Pascot. Uh, national. <laughs> I don't think there's a. Is there a National uh, Amateur Comedian Day anywhere? Or probably, dude. There's like a National National Hack. Day. Yeah, there is. There really is like a national something for everything day. It's kind of wild. Um, well, let's get out of here. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And as always, Southern Miss to the top. Hulk. Oh.